Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an extremely special episode of Breakthroughs with the Baltarage. We have my favorite guest of all time <laughs> here with us today. I think I know her better than anyone else I've ever interviewed. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our special guest today rather than her introducing herself. She is named Linda Valdeseri, the iconic OG Baltarage mama. She's my mom. She lives in Westchester, Pennsylvania. She grew up in Philly, moved to the suburbs when she met my dad. They uh, have a cute little dog named Harold. That's also my little baby. And my mom was a school teacher for almost 20 years. And now she teaches seated exercise classes and works for my brother. I have an older brother who's a year and a half older than me. And yeah, we have a little family of four with a cute dog. And I'm so, 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 so excited for everyone to hear my mom's experience of me losing my hair through alopecia and for all of her iconic um, pieces, of, pieces of advice and things that she can say about her experience. So mama, all right, let's get into it. So when did, when did I first start losing my hair? Walk us through how you felt and like kind of what you remember from when all this was going down. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Well, um, Chrissy started losing her hair uh, right when she graduated from college. There was a little spot in her top of her head. And um, that was in 2016. So she had just graduated from Penn State. She has a degree in dance. She was now trying to find her way as a dancer. So she moved to New York and um, got a job on, on the cruise ship that she was going on for eight months. But in the meantime, she started losing her hair and we were trying to figure it out. We were really very perplexed and confused. And um, so we went and did all the, uh, the cortisol shots and the dermatologist and the supplements and all that. And um, nothing was couldn't helping. figure it out. <laughs> what? Nothing was helping. Nothing was helping. And so she um, booked a cruise ship for eight months. So she gave up her apartment in New York, brought her stuff here. In the meantime, we took her, I took her to doctors. We tried to figure it, off, figure it out. And I sent her off on this cruise ship knowing her hair was falling out and hoping and praying that it would be okay. She, I wasn't going to see her in eight months and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Fast forward, she um, was on the ship, started losing her hair more and more. And they decided that she was too noticeable or not right or whatever and decided to let her go. So she after it was, it was like a few weeks. So anyway, she um, got all her bags on the cruise ship and they sent her home from Seattle across this country to Pennsylvania where her dad and I and Harold, our doggy, picked her up at the airport at four o'clock in the morning. So Chrissy didn't have a job. She didn't have her apartment in New York and she didn't have a plan and she was losing her hair. So it was summertime, which was a great thing because I was home uh, from school. So I had the whole summer off, not the way I thought the summer was going to play out. So we went back home and now we needed a plan. But remember how, like, after I got home from that, 
my hair was falling like crazy. We went down to Florida to like right. have a little vacation. Right. Her hair was, was my hair was all over the pillows at Nana Pop Pop's house. Like it my hair was falling so rapidly that summer because I was like so traumatized from being fired and and I had no idea what to do after that. Well, that's it. I mean, yes, your hair was falling out. I remember going into your bedroom when you were when you came home and just taking your hair and like hiding it so you didn't see it falling out. And I remember you saying, Mom, look in the shower, look at it, look at it. I'm like, well, hair falls out normally. And you're like, no, mom, this is really happening. So I think I think at first I was in denial. So when you came home, we were like, Yes, your hair was falling out, but you also you had no apartment, no job. You were a dancer. You had no, you nothing. So we were like, "What are we doing?" So yeah. intuitively, I knew we had to. You and I had to go somewhere and just sort of have a just like let's just Party. figure this out. <laughs> we, and <laughs> so we, we went, went to Florida for like what was it? Almost two. It weeks. was like yeah, we brought the dog. <laughs> And that we was rented a, a jeep. <laughs> yeah. And every day Harold the dog would stay with the grandparents. And Christy and I just got in the Jeep and we travel all over Southwest Florida. We went to Marco Island, we went to um Sanibel, Captiva, all that, Fort Myers Beach. But each day we just talked about it. We cried about it. And remember, I would like wear a backwards hat, I would like part my hair, I would wear a head wrap, like my it was so insanely noticeable at that time but right. like two weeks before it wasn't I fully like could wear clip-in extensions and like could cover it up and then after being fired and all that happening it was so rapid I remember sitting at that bar and having my hat like completely sideways because I had a huge patch right in the front and I was trying to like cover it up or something right right oh yeah it was all gone and I remember we were at we were at in the Gulf and I'm like, just dip your, take oh, your yeah. hat off and just dip your head in there and make you know, maybe that'll help it grow. You know, I mean, we, we really had no idea. And I was so scared. Like people always ask me now, have you always been this confident? How are you okay with being bald? But mom, remember I was in the ocean and I was like, I literally can't take my hat off or I'm not going under the water. Like people are going to see me. I feel so ashamed and sad and scared. And I don't remember if I did or not, but you were like, do it, do it, do it to feel so like free, but I was so in my head about what people were going to say, what they were thinking. Like it's such a shock oh, yeah. happening for sure. And I remember some, at some point in that 10 day rendezvous that we did, <laughs> you wanted to get to the point where you can just be okay with it. You're like, mom, maybe someday I can just be okay with it. And I was like, so I think that trip down to Florida and yes, you lost your hair, but you also had no, uh, nothing else. You never, you didn't have anything. So we really had to figure it out for you. And I feel like my job was just to sort of follow your lead and also to give you the space to talk about it, to think about it, to feel it and all of that. And and to help you kind of navigate your way and to help you find a plan. I was like, should I move back to New York and, and waitress? Should I stay in Florida? Are my grandparents in waitress? Should I stay home in waitress? Like, and then we came up with the master plan or I did to move to LA. Um, right. Before we get into all that, mom, how did it make you feel? Like a lot of moms with kids or even with adults, they're watching their girl go through this, losing their hair and it's completely out of your control. 
And as a mother, you want to protect and do everything you can to help your daughter, but you literally can't fix it. So how did it make you feel when all this was happening? Like my life really flipped upside down in a matter of like a couple months from graduating college to booking my dream job, to losing my hair, moving out of my apartment, like my life completely changed. So how walk us through all the emotions that you felt during that time? Well, a lot of that I had like discomfort in my stomach. Like I just had this anxiety because I was really shocked and I was really in denial. <laughs> really shocked. I was like, like no, this, this doesn't happen. So I just was really, um, deep down, I was really, really upset about it. But I knew intuitively, I knew that you would work through this. Like I never was worried about you ever getting to a better place. I knew you would get to a better place, but I, it was just a matter of, um, how'd you know time, you know, I mean, I was frustrated. So I was you grateful. Know I was, Mom, how are you so in sure that I was going to get to a better place? Christy, <laughs> I birthed you when you were born. You knew what you wanted in life. You were just so confident. Okay. And so strong-willed, so fiercely determined, so resilient. So I never doubted that you would not get to a better place. I just needed to help guide you to that place. I never knew when it would come, but I knew it would come at some point. So I had a lot of emotions, a lot of, I was really frustrated too. And I was really confused and I was really grateful that that's all you had when you lost your hair but you were healthy. So there were a million emotions and I was just, but I was always hopeful. Mm -hmm. Well, when we were in Florida, you, we found that shell. I ha still have it in my room, but we found that shell and you wrote hope on it. Yes. And it's, I don't know, I don't know where it is right now, but it was, that's so true because we knew that it was like, it really sucked at the time, but we knew that eventually in some way, some shape or form, it was all going to be a, a little, at least a little better. Like, Right. But, and plus, while when we were down there, we had fun. Like, it wasn't like <laughs> poor old me, Christy. I just lost my job, my no, we're apartment, like, what, and my hair. Going to today? Remember, you were singing, I'm on the top of the world. No, that wasn't that time. That was yes, not it that. was. No, because that time I had patches on my head. At this uh, time, you, I was you probably, still, you're, yeah. you're better at yeah, knowing yeah. that. But I mean, that, but we had I, I a still, great time. Yeah, it was still really, really sad, but we were just like, I had, there was like no, I had no like stress of what I just was like, my life was legitimately on pause. We had 10 days. It of really life. was. My life was literally on pause. I had no due dates. I didn't be anywhere. didn't respond to anyone. Like I had nothing, literally nothing going on. <laughs> that's know? right. Like, that's trying to figure out what the hell is happening to me. Right. And that's what I was thinking about too. Like in your twenties, twenties are a time where you're like, you know, you're trying to figure out your life. So you were trying to figure out your life and figure out how to deal with losing your hair. Like that is really tough. And you know, that is really tough. And like we've talked about before, like, it's not like I am going into a job that I'm where I'm sitting at a desk all day and I'm not like right. putting myself out there. Like literally 99% of the industry I'm in is about what you look like. And like That's the right. look that I was identified as for 23 years was gone. So it's like, I have to re I completely identify myself in my own life, but also in the entertainment industry. Oh my gosh. I think that added an, another dimension to it. Uh -huh. You know, I, I do because you're right. It wasn't like you were going to work. It was like you were 
dancer, you were a model, you were like, you know, your look had so much to do with who you were. Mm -hmm. So that made it extremely difficult also. So when this was all happening, I know you kind of talked about like helping me get the cortisol shots and stuff, but what did you feel like? What was your initial plan of attack? Like how I know because I was there, but what explain to people like what you wanted to do to like help me fix this? Cause it's not really something that has to be fixed because it's, I believe now, like it was meant to be, I'm supposed to have alopecia and I'm supposed to have like live this life. But at the time you're like, this is, it seems like it's a horrible thing. It is, but initially everyone's like, okay, well, what can I do to fix this? What can I do to stop this? So what did you think? And I remember one time I was crying my eyes out at home in my childhood room and dad came in and he was like, okay, that's it. We're, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to go gluten-free. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to get you all gluten-free. Like, cause I wanted to try that. Like, I remember dad being like, all right, we're going to go full force with this. And I changed my whole diet, hoping to get my hair back. But in the end of it all, I'm supposed to have this for a bigger purpose. But what was your first initial plan of attack? Well, really just to give you the space to talk it out because I knew, you know, I knew you had to figure it out. I never could say, oh, you should. And I think you should. It was like, okay, what do we do? How do we handle this? You tell me and I'll guide you. I feel like that was mainly the thing you were in control and I was just guiding you to align you with, you know, you had to figure out your life. You didn't only have to figure out your hair, you had to figure out your life. So that, that was a huge undertaking, undertaking. So that's why I was like, you could lead me and I'll guide you and we'll come up with it. We had to come up with a plan and we need to, needed to a plan that aligned with what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And so our 10 day excursion helped us to like really think about it and put it, you know, work it through it. And then you went with your gut and you're like, I got to get a, a, a wig with a, um, that I can glue on so I can just feel like myself and go to LA. Mm-hmm. And you you knew you had to do that. So I'm like, okay, where do you get a, a wig with a glue that you can glue on? And oh my gosh, you're gonna move to LA. Like, I just had to follow your lead and well, guide you. Now we have, like, I feel like this year, maybe I think it was last year, we've had, cheers. We've had our little excursions in, in Florida. So now it's our little tradition. <laughs> I know. And when we were down there, we said to ourselves, this is, we're going to remember this as one of the best times together. We we literally got in the car. I drove the Jeep. Christy was on GPS. Like, oh, where do you want to go today, mom? Oh, let's go to Marco Island. And remember every time we arrived at some beach, there was like two empty chairs waiting for us. I know it, that, that all was lining up. Was really Everything awesome. was lining up. So when we, when I, like, I just had lost my hair, lost my job. We had this whole 10 days in Florida, figuring it out. And then I'm like, all right, mom, well, I'm going to go to LA, which is 2,500 miles away from you guys. Um, how was like, what was that? Like, I remember you guys drove, I remember the day before you, me and dad got lunch. And then I was like, all right, well, the next day I'm going, I glued on a wig. You guys drove me to the airport. I was so scared. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm, I had nowhere to live. I was staying with my friend. Like that was a lot probably for you and for dad to be like, okay, she just went through all this. Now she's just going to like go across the country and figure it out. So what yeah. was your like emotions? Well, I know when about? I, when I think about that, that's, 
insane, <laughs> insane. But your de fierce determination to do that overcame any emotions that we had. I knew you had to do it. You just had to do it. I've learned over the years, I could never say, okay, why don't you just stay here, waitress here, and then we'll, you know. Once you decided you were going, I knew that I had to, to accept it and let it go. Was it hard? Yes. Did I want you to move across the country and be so far away? No, absolutely not. But I knew that would align with what you wanted. So I supported it. It was hard though. I didn't like it. <laughs> well, you didn't have an option because that's about right. I didn't have an option, but I knew that you would, you would be okay. I never worried that you wouldn't be okay. I always knew you would be okay. Yeah. So that's like naturally in me, but for these moms that have little girls that are going through this, like who their daughters are gaining resilience and strength and empathy at a really young age. Like they are. I was also born with it because this was meant, this was going to happen to me in my twenties, but these little girls and their moms, like it's, it's different, but I hope that these moms can follow the lead of, and like you did, you also uh, empowered me growing up that my personality, the way that I am, you nurtured it. And I hope people listening feel, feel that way about their daughters because they are going to be okay. And you need to empower them to use their voice and to follow their passion and what they like to do and let them lead the way in a sense. So they have the tools if, when they are in their twenties, figuring their life out that they will have the, the strength and the, the groundedness to do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, have that I think from it's growing up and how you and dad have nurtured and supported me. And like, you didn't make me play soccer when I was hating it. You allowed me to pursue dance. Like I, I think that that has, was made, made me able to handle this the way that I have in my twenties. Right. I agree. But I also, when we were trying to figure this out, I really had to separate what I thought was best and what you should do and what I would do if I were in your shoes to letting you figure it out, you know, and separating myself from it because I wasn't going through it, you know? So I think that's really important because I knew who you, I know you so well, I knew that you would figure it out. Another, if you were another type of child, I think I would have had to assess and figure it out and well, I know she has strengths in this and not in this. Like, I think that's really important to really look at your child and say, let me, you know, my child's personality is this. The child is not like me. I'm a separate person. So I think once you understand your strengths in your child, then let them be who they are. And we were always talking about aligning. We had to align your life and everything you did with who you were, not with who I thought you should be period mom <laughs> it's so true and like, it is as an adult with like the expectations of what your kid should look like or should do or should should pursue like the expectations of having a child and what you want them to be you kind of have to remove that in a sense because I'm not you I'm a completely different person you know yeah it's true it's true but it's hard it's sad yeah. like it's sad your daughter lost her hair that's sad you know, why her, you know, oh my God, she had this beautiful hair. Why, you know, oh, look, I have to witness her go through all this, but God has, has a plan, you know, and, you know, you just have to realize that it's, everything's going to be okay. And I always say this on our mom meetups, but this did not happen 
for uh, by mistake. Like everyone with alopecia, we, we have a special part of us that we're angels dropped around the world that are making differences by literally just existing. Someone's looking at us and feeling inspired or empowered or thinks we're beautiful or something literally just by existing. So I always say that because it's so true. I don't have alopecia for by mistake. Like I fully, right. this happened to me so I could have a bigger purpose, have a more depth to me, like so much I've learned and grown because of alopecia. So it's, I know it's I, I was actually thinking about that. If you didn't have alopecia, your, your personality would be different, you know, like you've grown and changed and been more accepting of people. And your experience has been so completely different, not having hair than when you had hair. So yeah, it is a blessing. I agree. Yeah, it makes you a better person. Literally makes you yeah. a better person. Yeah, and the people I, around I you. That. And the people around you, it makes them better people. Although, okay. although before alopecia, I mean, you were a great person. Like you were, yeah. you don't have a mean bone in your body. You love everybody. You're so kind. I'm like thinking, well, how could she have changed? But you, you're, you've broadened your horizon so much in well, accepting it's, people. It's enhanced my like the the way that I love people or the way that I accept people or it's enhanced right. like tenfold because I know what it feels like to go through something traumatic to look different to not be accepted because of alopecia right all right mama let's get to the next question so I always am asking the moms like how has Balterage helped you in your daughter's hair loss journey but I literally created Balterage <laughs> three years yeah. ago I was like hmm, I had this master idea because I can't live like this anymore I can't um feel people are seeing me with a blonde wig but I'm coming home taking my blonde wig off and bawling my eyes out to go to sleep so I'm like I need to create a community that I feel less alone and I feel accepted so I as you know I literally created Balterage to make myself feel okay and give other people a place to come and feel accepted and who they are and who they are. So how has, what is your, like, talk us through how, wh what it's been like watching me create Baltarage, how it's helped me in my journey, how it's helped you. Cause it's a whole different perspective. No one has this perspective because you're the mom of me who started Baltarage. So what's your perspective perspective on this whole Baltarage thing? <laughs> well, I love Baltarage and it doesn't surprise me that you created this because you know, back in eighth grade, right? Who, yeah. who started Diva Dance? <laughs> and Diva Dance. Who had the girls in the neighborhood come into the basement and do a whole dance camp? No, yeah, for people that don't know, back when I was dancing a lot in, high, in middle school, I needed to get, I wanted to get a job or I needed to get a job and I didn't have time because I was dancing so much. So I was like, I have this brilliant plan to invite my neighborhood little kids to my basement and I would teach them dances. And then I created it into a camp and then they would perform at our school where my mom was also the teacher and it was called diva dance. So I've been an entrepreneur for more than <laughs> half my life now. <laughs> right. But you were, you were, you love little girlies and you've been working with little girls since you were a little girl at 13. Yeah. It happened crazy. all through high school, all through college. You worked with little girls, you uh -huh. know, so this doesn't surprise me. This is just a part of the process, you know, and the little girls that came to diva dance, they all had hair and they were all cute little girls and you always made them feel so special and so loved by you. So you just taking this and moving it on. It, it just makes sense to me that you started Balturage mm -hmm. because little girls need to 
see a woman like you, you know, in your confidence and all that. So, so I think Baltarage, well, you know, because you had diva dance, Baltarage was in, was in natural progression. I think what you're doing uh, with little girls and with other women is just so incredible. You know, I just think that I've learned so much when I'm on the mama meetups. I can't believe how much I learned. And I have such respect for these moms who, you know, are so vulnerable, so honest, so supportive. I've never seen a community. I've never been part of a community like that. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned so much about alopecia, about walking down that path, about how women are such support supporters of other women. And every time your little girlies come on the screens, I'm like, they're so cute. I would love to meet them in person. So Baltarage is, is the best thing that you, that could have happened with alopecia. And it, it really helped my own journey with it. Like, I remember you and dad came out here to LA where I live, um, like, uh, August, the month before I shared my story. And I remember being like, I think I might post about it and make a video and take my wig off and like try to work in the industry with no wig on. And you guys were obviously fully supportive of that. But from that moment, and then when I shared my story, I was, it was scary. And then creating Baltarage, like I'm a whole different person from that. I think it was like 2018 to now, because I come on and I'm like, if my little girls can go to school and hold their head up high, then I can go to the grocery store with no wig. Like they give me so much strength. And like, why should they have to be in the middle of Minnesota or Iowa or Texas alone walking this walk? Like right. they need to see someone that's also doing it. So they, and then I have all these uh, Baltarage women that are my friends. And I'm like, right. You're not, we have so much in common because we have gone through a similar experience. So this whole community has like saved me and has helped me so much and has given me so much strength. Well, that's what I was thinking about. A lot of times after you you are, are teaching the girls or talking to the girls, like we'll talk to each other and you'll be like, mom, they're so cute. They lift me up. Like they lift you up. They're the best. I, I love, and little, that's what they did. They're the best and you love them. And then the, the, um, the other women, you know, it, you, you guys are going to be lifelong friends. Uh -huh. Like I love those women, even though I've only met a few. I'm just so grateful that they're a part of your life. Like it's yeah. so special. It's so special. It really is special. And like all these women, all these girls are all over the world. Like we have some in Italy, some in London, like all over the world. And we're going out every day, experiencing a similar feeling, you know, right. it's cool to know, like there's someone here and there and there and all the little girls who come on to confidence club, they're seeing all these friends that are going to school in different cities. And they're all having very similar experiences because we look, similar so it's right. really cool to know like community is so healing because you just know that you're not alone when you literally can see someone that looks like you right and so. you're so fiercely determined to get the word out to everybody that you know you just don't have hair you know you're still exactly. beautiful and and you are who you are just without hair and you are so fiercely determined to get that message out well that's because for 23 years I was like the cat if I was cast as something my typecast would be a cheerleader a sorority girl right like, I was this blonde po popular bubbly outgoing girl and then the way that you're perceived when you're bald is not that like right. I could be going out for a cancer patient role and it's just 
It's right. just shifted because of what I look like, but I feel like obviously the same on the inside. So I feel determined because I want to be seen as what I feel like on the inside, although it doesn't fit the standard or the, the beauty standard of what people think a cheerleader should look like. Right. You know? Right. So it's, it is going to happen someday because I am fiercely determined and I don't give up on things. <laughs> oh, no, no. And uh, <laughs> this is God's work you're doing. You know, yeah. it's God's work. And, uh, you, you know, you're touching so many people's lives by doing this. And I'm just so proud of you for doing what you're doing and making such a difference because it's so cool that people wow. are getting to know you. Why, you know, the more people get to know you, the, the happier they'll feel. You know, that's <laughs> just you. what you do to people. You <laughs> lift you. people up. <laughs> I know. Okay, so let's see our next question. What is the best thing about me having alopecia? Well, I think your spirit is even stronger now. That spirit that you've always had is even stronger. And um, I think before you had alopecia, you saw the world through a narrowed vision. And you, you know, it was now that you have alopecia, you've, you've, your vision of the world has opened up and your heart has gotten bigger and your fierce determination to normalize bald has gotten is bigger. So I think it's helped in so many ways and all the work that you're doing for other women. And you've taught me and dad and Chase so many things. So alopecia, I would never think I would say this, but alopecia has, is a blessing in its own way. So glad I can take one for the team to teach the fam a little something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but that's what we also say to the other moms. I'm like, they see in their kids, they're like, this kid has alopecia because of their personality and how they can handle it. Like I have it rather than chase because of who I am, you know? Right. He doesn't have alopecia because it's, it's not like it's in, in me to, to make something of this. And that's the truth. Like people, us who have alopecia are meant to, because of something, a bigger reason or a bigger purpose. Right. I believe you were put on this earth to make a difference in the world. And this is your way of making a difference for sure. What would you say is the worst part of me having alopecia? And it doesn't have to be about me. It can also be like from your internal experience. What's the worst part of alopecia? Well, I haven't heard you say this recently, but it's the moments when you feel like, you know what? I just can't even deal with this anymore. (laughs) Those moments, you know, it's like, oh, oh, I just want to be done with it. Like, can I just have hair? That doesn't happen very often now, but I feel like before, you know, a lot of times when you were so frustrated yeah. and those moments, when I heard you say that, I would, that would, that's the worst part. I didn't like that you had to go through that. But I think everyone relates to that without people. Right. I want to click the tap out button and be like, I'm putting this on pause for a second. I just want to go into a situation and not stand out and just be able to throw my hair in a quick bun and just be on. Right. Day. And it's right. just never that. But right. It's never that. And that would, I say, I would think was the worst thing. But when you think about life and the ebbs and flows, it's just the ebb and flow of mm-hmm. having alopecia. And then for me, it's a quick reminder of like, I'm like, I have this for a reason. I have this for a reason. Like there's a bigger purpose behind this. I'm doing something good for the world. Like when I feel that way, I try to counterbalance it with the, the thoughts of why this, why me, like in a good way of, I have this for a bigger reason. And you're good too at like at being so grateful for things, like really thinking in terms of gratitude. Yeah. And I think that really helps too. You taught me about a gratitude journal. 
I know it started it in 2000. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I always have to say that, right? I mean, it's, it's the key to a happy life. One of the keys. Okay. Has alopecia, I asked this to a lot of the moms with kids like that are school age with, have, that have other siblings, but has alopecia affected um, like my siblings or other family members or what's your experience with that? I know it's different because I don't even like live with near Chase anymore and I'm not like school age, but do you want to share like about Chase or about other family members? I think you've taught all of us about alopecia and about being different. And I think for Chase, he's got, you know, he's got such strong opinions about things. He can really push, push, push something. But when you start, and <laughs> doesn't stop. Oh, but when you start, um, when you start telling your um, experience of alopecia, I feel he gets really sensitive and I feel he really tries to listen to you and he chooses his words wisely so that he doesn't hurt your feelings when you're talking about business or whatever. So I think he's been, uh, you know, really learned a lot from your experience, but also he watches you. Like we all sometimes can't even believe what you're doing. (laughs) Like we're in shock that you, you know, the way you walk, the way you run your business, the way, you know, for the Christy Valdeseri thing that you do, the teaching that you do, when you come home, how alive you are. All of us are just in all of you. Um, no, it's true. But what's the other option? Like, that's just not in my nature to be Christy, like- Christy, there's a lot of other options. Yeah, but-, but you help but hold in, your- Of course there's other options, but in my brain and my heart and my soul, it's not, there's not an option. I'm not going to yeah. be miserable. I'm not going to let this- right dictate my life. I'm going to get like literally stomp on it and get ahead of it. And that's why I really hope that I can inspire other people to do that because we have one chance, one chance. This is my experience of life. So I have to make the best of it. And I have to lean in and own it because I'm literally not going to let it take away my confidence or my love for life. Like I've always had this personality and this passion. So now it needs to be enhanced and not diminished because of alopecia. I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you, God, for that. <laughs> okay, mom. Really? It's it's us forgetting yeah, that like you've said it beautifully. <laughs> it's you us teach me so much. I'm supposed to be teaching you, but you mom, have taught me so much about life. It's us forgetting that we're getting that this is getting recorded. Like we're having such a casual combo, but I love it. <laughs> okay, as we all know, this is such a journey. Like it doesn't ha- like. Same with my confidence. It doesn't just happen. And then you accept it. And you're just like, okay, now on to the next thing. Like it's a constant journey. It's a self-love journey. It's an acceptance journey. It's seeing the bright, brighter side journey. So how do you feel like you've gotten to the side of like, not feeling anxious about it and sad about it and frustrated about it? Like, how have you gotten to the point of like, I know because I've created it into something, but speaking from your perspective, how did you get to the side of embracing it and accepting it and being like more not, it doesn't feel so shameful and sad. Like for so long, I was, it felt that way for me. So I guess it's, you're probably going to say majorly because of how I handled it, but. Right. Plus I think time, you know, time has passed and we've gotten through it. You know, you've gotten through, I don't know if it's the worst part of it, but you went through so many ups and downs, like the phone calls I used to get when you lived in LA. Or wait, you know, you just moved to LA with the, the, the infection on your head, the hair club, like. I remember after oh a hair club, God. hair club was the place that I used to get my wigs glued on. And I 
it was so miserable. I had the worst breakout ever up the, on the round the perimeter of my yeah. head. And I sat in my car and I called you and I was like, that's it. I'm looking at flights. I'm freaking done. I'm moving home. I can't do this anymore. Like I remember bawling my eyes out. Yes. Like I literally can't do this. I'm too, I'm alone. I'm too far away. This is so hard. Five years later and I'm still out. Yeah, <laughs> I know those, uh, those, the, uh, you know, those phone calls and FaceTimes, like we talk every day and all that stuff you were going through was really, really hard. And I felt like I always had to be calm. I always knew it would be okay in time, but the ups and downs of, of it was really hard. And I feel like now that I just feel like you're at such a good place now that I'm at a good place now because you're at a good place. Mm -hmm. So I, I just feel like everybody can get to this better place. It's just a matter of time. And mom, I like what you were saying, like giving me the space because we're about to talk about control. Like all of this is out of our control. And as a mom, I can imagine you want to do anything to be able to control, control and fix and, and solve the problem. But right. you are, have gotten to this place because of how I've handled it. But if a, if, if a, right, like if a daughter didn't, right. if I was still in a really dark place and not accepting of it, you probably wouldn't be either. So how, right. like you gave me the space to do it. So I guess I'm, I'm asking like, what would, how could we help other moms who are in a really struggling and their daughters are struggling? Like, how could we help them get to a, the moms to get to a, a better place with it? But it kind of, it takes the lead or off of the, how the daughter's handling it. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. The, it, and so the, my next question is how, um, how do you feel like it's to, a lot of us talk about the control is we have literally zero control over this. Yeah. No matter what we say, believe, think it's out of our control. And that is like a really hard pill to swallow, especially when you're like, personally, you're like, is this a thing for forever? Like, it's really hard to be like, take the control out of it. And so do you want right. to like, how well, I think, I think it's really, 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 really important to pause and just listen to your daughter. Just listen, because for me, I had all these, you know, perceptions in my head and where, oh my gosh, the future, da, 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 da. But I really reflected on what I had to do to help you. And so what I had to do to help you was to listen, to really listen to what you were saying not inject what I thought or not disagree with you or not have an opinion about what you're saying. Just listen. And together, you know, sometimes when you were talking, a lot of times you figured it out just from talking and having yeah. somebody to listen to you. So I think that's really, really important. And I always believed I, that parents can't want something more than the child does. So I wanted you to wear a wig. You have to wear a wig. If I wanted it more than Absolutely you did, not. you couldn't do that. I can't want it more. I needed to do what you wanted to do. And I really had to listen and guide and be okay with whatever decision you made. Cause this was your life. Yeah. My life, my look, my experience, but what you're saying, like when I'm talking and you're, you were like, I need to not inject. It's so true because I, it's really frustrating that you have this beautiful blonde hair and I'm your daughter and I don't like you right. will never understand this experience. And it's really frustrating 
even for these little kids to be in their house and their sister, their dad, their mom have this hair. And it's like, yeah. why am I, can I look like my family? Why don't I have this? Why? So like right. you, you, the parents have to listen because you literally don't get it as much. Even if you shave your head, you literally do not understand. And it can be frustrating for the, the daughter or the person going through it because you, as hard as you want to understand it, you li literally never will. So if there's right. a, the, you have to take a step back and listen because yeah, you're never going to get well, you it. You taught me that you taught me that. And it's so true because you're on the inside. I'm on the outside looking at, yeah. at you. You're on the inside of this. So that was a whole lesson for me to learn too. You know, I could, you were in it. I'm just, you know, I have hair, you don't. So yeah. you're in it. So I can try to imagine what it's like, but I have no idea. No so clue. It's, it's really good advice to just like literally sit and listen to your, because I can vent as we know, and it's better when you can just listen and, to me venting. Right. And as a mom, you're and listening. Everyone needs like, someone to, to talk to, like someone right. that doesn't have a strong opinion. That's just like a listening ear. Like when you're going through something so frustrating and no one gets you, you just want someone that loves you to listen to all the BS that you feel on the inside. Right. But also like as a mom, when you're listening, you know, my blood pressure's going up when I'm hearing some things, my anxiety mm -hmm. and my stomach's going up, Aww. my heartbeat's racing faster. You know, I'm like, really? You think like there was a lot, I just had to really reflect on just listening and just being, and I, and I don't think it's easy. I think it's hard because you're going to hear things are that are shocking. You're going to hear things you never thought of. You're going to hear things that you're worried about, but you just have to listen and write it down if you have to. I've done that in my gratitude journal. I've written down things and went back to it when I needed more, um, you know, peace inside of myself. I wrote, you know, wrote down and it was comforting to me. But also I remember we talked about this that one time that we were in Florida, like you are very like grounded and secure and know yourself. So like, it's kind of, I'm really lucky that I have such a like solid mom because I, you're not, you don't have a lot of emotion. Like you're not going through personally a lot of things. So you can be like a solid foundation for me. So sometimes I like, I think that's good for moms on the mama meetup. Sometimes I'm like, we're also, you're all women. Like, yes, you're a, a mom, but you're a woman first. And like, sometimes you have to put self-love and energy back into yourself. So you're strong enough and grounded enough and have a foundation to help your daughter. Right. You're all over the place and, and your emotions and you don't really know yourself. How are you supposed to support someone that is young and literally doesn't know themselves at all? So it's really a good thing that you're so solid and have a good foundation. And I'm lucky that I can just like go crazy at you and you can take it because <laughs> you're solid. And I don't you think that's a good reminder to women. Like I they, do as much as a mom, you're also a woman that has to put the self-love in the, the practice of finding yourself back into yourself so you can support your kids. I think that's a really good point. And I think also, and I had to do this myself is I had to think about my own stuff as a woman. I had to stop and reflect on my insecurities, my hopes for your future, my worries, how, how am I, um, you know, portraying how I feel to, to you, Christy. So I feel like it's really important as a mom to stop, reflect, take time every day and think about yourself, your expectations, reflect on your insecurities 
what you can do to get yourself to a better place to then help your daughter. Mom, we're the dynamic duo. What'd you say? We're the dynamic duo. We can take over the world. Yeah. Okay. Our last, I like dynamic duo. Uh, Okay. So our last question, we're going to wrap it up. If you had one piece of advice, mom, that you would give to another mother with a daughter with alopecia. Okay. Go ahead. What would it be? Well, I feel like I would say that you and your daughter are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's just a matter of time and it's just a matter of patience and working through it. But in the end, it's alopecia isn't going to feel always like the burden you think it is mm-hmm. or that you're feeling right now. I would say that. And then I would also say stay present as much as possible and with your daughter and just as a, as a practice. Because if you start thinking about, oh my gosh, the future, you know, tomorrow, just when you're with your daughter, just stay present, just hear her and be with her and give her the space to talk to you and, and for you to understand what she's saying and really take it all in. So just really focus on being present, being here right now and being mindful of what she's saying and your experience together. Love it, mom. It was so fun talking to you. Thanks for sharing all your wise wisdom. You're the reason. That I miss Walter, you. I know I miss you too, but you're the reason. I know. Voltarage is the way that it is because I have such a supportive, iconic, amazing, grounded, lovable mama. So mom, I love you so <laughs> much. And I didn't say this, but we had my mom on this, this month because it was my birthday. So January like, 22nd. So we're like, let's have you on mom for my birthday month. So this was so special, mom. I love you so much. January 22nd was the best day of my life. (laughs) Love you, mom.